Hey guys, I am so excited to share today's conversation with you. This is one of the ones where I am going to recommend that you keep a notebook by your side. You guys have heard from Melissa Arlena before. She is a friend of mine and has been on the podcast. I think this might be her fourth time, but we're talking about a totally different topic today. We are talking about the power and sort of the right way to go about blogging, which I recognize here at the end of the year may not be top of your list, but like I said, you're going to want a notebook because sometime in the next month or two months, you are going to find yourself with time on your hands, and this is going to be something, this is a strategy that I know you're going to want to implement. So give yourself the benefit of having something to take notes with, and we'll go ahead and dive into my conversation with Melissa. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Welcome back to This Can't Be That Hard. How are you today? I am good. How are you? I'm doing well. I am am excited to chat with you again um, because what's fun about our conversations is that the other people that I have had on the show multiple times, I feel like we've kind of hit the same topic from different directions. And you are such an inspiration because I feel like Every time I talk to you, it's about a different thing, which just speaks to how kind of rapidly your business has evolved and blown up and how you, I mean, that's a great problem to have, but it is a problem for a lot of people, right? Right. Like when you're trying to ride this wild horse, like you either, (laughs) you either figure out how to tame it or you fall off and you are just killing it. So I am super excited today to be talking to you about SEO. But before we dive into that, um, for the people who maybe haven't heard our other interviews, why don't you give us a little bit of a background on your story and and lead us to the point where you now you know have a lot of information to share about blogging and SEO. Yeah. So the first time I was on your podcast was actually like a mini mentoring. And I was, I'd just gotten simple sales and I was worried about losing my past clients with raising my prices. Mm -hmm. And then because my SEO was on point, because it's something I've been doing forever, even when I did weddings, all of a sudden, like that no longer became a worry because I had plenty of new clients. So I just like, was like, all right, well, I'm good. And then the second time I came on, it was actually to tell you the story about when I switched from weddings to newborns and how I took every course out there trying to save my business and I tanked it. And I like had to go get a part-time job and start from scratch. And it was funny because I was really nervous about that podcast and sharing like such a vulnerable story. And it, it became like this huge turning point for me where I had mentioned on that podcast also just randomly that I started booking everything through SEO. And so I started getting messages and DMs from people of like, hey, can you help me with your with my SEO? Mm-hmm. And I was a little nervous. I had helped some friends in the past and watched them climb up the rankings and stuff. And I was like, OK, I don't know if I'm like, I know I can do it, but can I do it for you? Right. And I was worried about that, but it just it took off and it's been huge. And 
it's amazing. <laughs> I, I imagine that a lot of us can relate to that feeling because I know so many photographers get into business that way where like they do photography, they enjoy photography, and then people start to ask them, can you come take photos? And it's, it's like a, well, uh, I guess I can. And then, you know, it kind of opens up this whole world. And for the people, most of the people listening to this podcast are, have I either already started businesses or are thinking about starting a photography business? And you, it's like you did that twice. You went and you did that, yes. I believe, right? Getting into photography. That was kind of your story. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> and then like a new door opened with, uh, with SEO and blogging and helping other people with that. And like, you're just following the, following the breadcrumbs. And I love it. It's like that insatiable creative brain. Yeah, it's been super fun. And I realized um, I took one of those personality tests and it was like, oh, you're an advocate. And I was like, what is that? And then I started reading it. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I get super excited to like help people and watch their SEO climb. Yeah. Like my clients now, I, I get their Google search console results every month. And mm -hmm. I've started like sending them videos of like I sent a bunch yesterday. I'm like, look, you couldn't even be found for like a dozen keywords in your location um, three months ago. And now you're getting all of this traffic for it. I'm like, this is amazing. That is amazing. So, oh, I was that's like, so oh, good. I'm good at this. Okay. Yeah. Well, and you know, I say this all the time um, as photographers, like once you start a business and you're kind of trucking along with photography, uh, by the time that you get to that point, you have learned so many skills by kind of necessity, right? Like you learn how to design a website and you learn how to um, write copy, sales copy, and you learn all these different things that we learn. And we don't even really think about it because we're learning those things in service of our photography business. But if you are, for instance, in a situation where your circumstances change and like, you can no longer work on the weekends and you're a wedding photographer. Or if you are, you know, trying to add revenue because you don't have the volume of work, but you need to be able to work at night. And that's not really something that your photography business can do. It's like, okay, pause. <laughs> no, you don't necessarily have to go back to your desk job. Like think about what other skills you have learned and the things that you're, I mean, obviously it should be stuff that you enjoy and you're good at, but like, yeah. how could you parlay that into either a new career trajectory or a concurrent career trajectory where, you know, we don't, in fact, I think it's good to have our fingers in multiple pies. I think it's smart because, you know, it, it being a, um, freelancer essentially, uh, comes with some, you know, some vulnerability and some risk. So this is, it's great. I love that all of this has sort of unfolded for you. I feel like we're telling your story in installments over, the, <laughs> over the time. And I just can't wait to see where it goes. But in the moment, um, I'm also just really excited to talk about some of the really smart strategies that you've got for SEO. And in particular, when it comes to, blogging. So, um, so I had a blog in my photography business for the first, um, I'm going to say seven or eight years of my photography business. I was blogging yep. regularly where I was like, yep. here's my clients, you know, my newest session. And there's a little bit about their family. Um, I was not doing it very, uh, there wasn't a lot of strategy involved other than hoping that people would come see the pictures and want to hire me. And in retrospect, I'm like, wow, I'm glad I did that because I think it still brings me leads now, even though you have to 
search for my for my old um, blog, but uh, but like by some hooker crook, it like it it did the SEO job. But now I feel like there's so much more good information about how you can be smart about it. Yeah, a lot of times back then, you know, we would blog a location that mm-hmm. like we would shoot at a local park or something, and that's really what would get you. That's right. what's getting you the traffic now. But we were hoping that by sharing it on Facebook and by, they would share it with their friends, and maybe their friends would see it. So it wasn't even really an SEO thing; it was just more of like a social share type right. thing. But yeah, I think we all started off. I mean, I started back in 2012, and um, and just trying to start. Actually, no, it was 2008. Was <laughs> my train of thought. Um, but starting back then, I mean, you were blogging all the time. Right. I have some blog posts on there that are like personal ones. That's like, this is what I love this week, and this is what I hated this week. And I'm like, oh wow, I'm keeping them because I want my kids to read them someday. But it right. had absolutely no value whatsoever. I know for SEO. Um, but it was you know to get clients to kind of you know, like me and like my personality and stuff. But yeah, now how I blog completely different and how everyone blogs is completely different. So everybody always asks me, you know, is blogging dead? And I'm like, no, but the way we used to blog is. So it's no longer about the Smith family and their cute little baby and how you've been photographing them for four years. And today you guys went out to the local beach or whatever. Um, It's not about that. It's more about helping your clients. Um, providing like things about FAQs. It's about giving them information on what to wear. It's, it's answering all of those questions that you normally don't get. Um, but I'll back up for a minute because beyond the, um, is blogging dead? It's like, well, should we still be blogging? Mm -hmm. You know, people, if people aren't going to blog sessions and they're like, well, I mean, I don't know if I want to blog or what to wear. Right. The more you blog, the more traffic you're going to get to your site and the more traffic you get to your site, the more that Google sees it and says, Oh, People seem to like what she has to say. Hmm, okay. And then the longer they stay on your site, the longer that Google says, hmm, people really are checking this out and they're on here for a long time. She must really know what she's talking about or he. And it starts signaling to Google that you're an expert in your area, which then helps raise up your rankings for other things. So even if you're like, I don't want to blog about, you know, something that maybe doesn't necessarily feel like, you know, it doesn't feel as intimate as a session, um, but it still is going to bring people in. You need to think about going ahead and and putting those out there and getting them onto Pinterest and things like that Mm -hmm. and the different areas. Um, (laughs) So one of the, so the big thing, yeah. So for blogging is you want to keep people on your site and you want to share that blog post in different places. Um, And then the more keywords you can target, the better. So a lot of times I do a lot of SEO audits for people Mm -hmm. and they're targeting no keywords at all. Like right. Most of the photographers I see haven't even figured out what a keyword is. Mm-hmm. And the keywords are basically what your clients are searching for and what's going to bring them to your website. So you really want to make sure that you're targeting what they're looking for. And you can find that pretty easily. You can look on Pinterest and see what are people searching in the fall. It's always going to be what to wear to a fall family session. Right. <laughs> or what location should we have our fall photos taken at? And the great thing is you have that information. Yeah. So let's talk about like the nuts and bolts of how you find that information. Like if I log mm-hmm. into Pinterest and I'm like, what are people searching right now pertaining to photography in my area? How, like, do you have any quick tips for like the best way to research that? Um, I mean, you can go out and you can look for what's popular on Pinterest. I don't recall right off the top of my head, like what's the easiest way to do that. Mm-hmm. But usually it's pretty much like, what are some of the things that you're looking for? I mean, right. like, if you think about it as the seasons go through, people are looking for, um, you know, right now, like fall decor, stuff like that. I, I see a lot of stuff for what to wear in fall family sessions. Um, but 
and then when you think about like with Christmas time, um, Christmas presents, stuff like that, mm -hmm. people are always looking for that. So if you can think ahead on some of those topics, um, a great blog post for photographers around Christmas time is what what photography related presents can you get for someone? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then you start covering that kind of stuff and then you'll start ranking for those types of posts and right. things like that. Um, so you always want to kind of think ahead on what you want to be blogging. Uh, in the springtime, it can be, uh, you know, cherry blossoms are a big thing in Virginia kind of thing. So people are looking for cherry blossom locations, cherry blossom photos, what to wear for spring photos, a lot of that stuff. So that that revolves, you know, that's kind of a, a little bit of a niche of, of really getting in on what the season is mm -hmm. um, in the summertime, you know, vacation spots, like great vacation spots, right. especially for your area. Right. So that's the thing. You don't have to talk about another area. You want to talk about what's a great spot in your area, because uh, especially if you're near beaches and stuff like that, you can cover some different beaches about why are they great for people and families and then show pictures of family sessions that you've shot on the beach mm -hmm. and then put in there, too, of like, hey, this is a great vacation spot. And while you're here, you should book a session with me. Right. Um, right. So for sure. I mean, you think about like. If you live in a place where somebody's going to travel to that place, they may not necessarily even be thinking, you know, I'm going to search for family photographer in Miami Beach. Instead, they're searching for kid-friendly activities around yeah. Miami. I'm using the most generic Miami yeah. Beach, like whatever. <laughs> That's a huge beach. But for instance, on the coast of North Carolina, where I live, there's all these tiny little beach communities. And you mm -hmm. can, you know, repurpose those um or you could do like fun family friendly activities on the coast of North Carolina and then talk about those individual beach destinations yep. in, within that blog post. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. So that's kind of how I pull from, you know, like getting some ideas from Pinterest on things like that. Um, but beyond what to wear and location ideas, like I was saying, FAQs, mm -hmm. um, anytime a client asks you a question on how long is a newborn session or how long is a family session, make that a blog post and put that information in there. Uh, if you have a keyword that you have already done research on and you want to target for that, then use that keyword in there. And then also too, it gets you dual um, because when somebody asks you like, Oh, Hey, how long's a newborn session? You're like, Hey, I'm going to send you over this blog post and you can read all about this is how long it is. And this is why it's that long. Right. Um, and then you can start looking at, so once you get past FAQs, if you've got a studio, show off your studio um, a lot of times, studio, you know, whatever city and then studio photography is typically a really good keyword to target. Right. And so you can just do a tour of your studio, showing off your products, anything that you can repurpose and send out to clients and stuff. These are way these are things that you can blog um, and you can use the photos from your sessions, but they're way more interesting for clients than reading about the Smith family. Right. Like, they don't want to necessarily nobody see but that. the Smith family cares about the Smith family. Exactly. Right. Yes. And then you can really, at that point, start thinking outside the box of like local boutiques that also service your client. Like you were talking about the, you know, family friendly beaches, where are places that people can go to buy clothes? Um, one of the posts that I always love doing is where to shop for maternity clothes in whatever city I'm in, because Ooh, people one. are always looking for that. Yeah. Date night ideas in whatever, wherever your closest city is, things like that. People are looking at a date night idea it can be for an engagement couple. You know, mm -hmm. it could be for parents. You know, who have kids, you right. know, it could be for people who are expecting a kid kind of thing. Right. Um, and so really a lot of this starts off with, you know, a lot of keyword research and figuring out which keywords people are looking for. And there's a lot of tools out there. Keywords everywhere is one that I use. 
and you can just start typing in different things and it'll tell you what the search volume is for that. It's like a little Chrome extension. Um, and so by doing that, I started finding that like people are searching for midwives and they're searching for doulas and they're searching for birthing centers. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to start writing some articles to target that kind of thing. And so all of those are now bringing traffic to my site. And then I also will reach out to those doulas and midwives and birthing centers and let them know like, hey, I just did a roundup on the best doulas in Miami and you were on my list. Um, is there anything you would like to contribute to the article? And then they'll end up sharing it. Nice. Um, and it also gets you kind of in front of them. I've had some reach back out to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I love your work. We want to add you to our referral list. So it's a great way too then to use your blog to connect with other local businesses. Right. Um, you're, so you're still providing information for your clients, but then you're also establishing a relationship. It's such an amazing multi-purposed activity. Like you really can, uh, and, and those are the kinds of things that we always have to be looking for as small business owners is like, how much leverage can I get out of an hour? Like, (laughs) how can I spend this hour and get so much mileage out of it? And I do feel like as much as, so when we first started talking about blogging back in the day with the Smith family in 2009 or whatever, I was thinking about in 2009, I had a Google dashboard that I had like configured for myself that had my email in one corner and it had like a news feed in another corner. And then the entire left panel was the RSS feed for all these blogs that I followed at the time because Mm -hmm. it was like that was lifestyle blogs or like mommy blogs or whatever. That was a big thing back then. And I think it was when that started to really die out. Uh, that I just stopped. I was like, well, blogging isn't really something that I need to do anymore. But it is so funny how it really just has evolved. Now it is a really rich source of um, not necessarily like data and information in that way, but it's like I'm looking for restaurant recommendations in my town. Like I nine times out of 10 when I, you know, it's like uh, it's the same old stuff. I always go to the same place. I'm going to try and find something new. And when I do that search, like, I don't want to go read Yelp reviews. I want to, like, read something where somebody's taking pretty photos of the food and, like, can tell me a little bit more about it. And those are blogs. And those people are doing exactly what you're talking about. Like, they're blogging for a purpose. So this is – I am – yeah, I feel like this is one of those questions that comes up regularly. And you're giving such good, actionable advice. Um, I have a couple of quick questions before we move on. Number one, we're talking about keywords. Can you talk a little bit about something that I know confuses me that is the difference between like a word like maternity versus, Uh you know, maternity photographers in South Miami or whatever? Like what's the when you're doing keyword research, is it word research or phrase research or both? It's more phrase research because word research, if you're just looking for maternity photography, now most likely Google is going to know where the person who's searching is located Mm because it comes up all the time. It says allow location. You're like, yep. And then it will return results that are near you, but it's more target. You know, those are more like bigger companies and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So with smaller businesses, we want to target phrases because it's local um, and there are less competition. So for me, I always tell people to start off with um, your city, your genre, and then either the word photographer or photography. Um, So for me, like my homepage is Miami newborn photographer. And so, and that's pretty much how people search. Like once you start 
figuring that out, you kind of come up with a list of keywords based on your city, your genre, and then those, and then you start researching and you start figuring out how people search. You can also think about like, if you need a plumber, what are you going to type into Google? Right. Um, near me is becoming a big thing too. Uh, but that also will pull off of their location and your location. So I don't, I don't write blog posts that say photographer near me, right? <laughs> but you know, I will write blog posts for some of the smaller cities and mm-hmm. stuff around me. So like Pembroke Pines, um, things like that. Uh, so you really want to think about phrases and the phrases are what is going to bring you the traffic. And, and you'll notice too, that that's how people are searching. And you can also pull people and ask them like, Hey, how do you guys search for something when you're looking for, and you don't even have to say photographer, you can list out whatever, but just anytime you have to do a search for another small business that's local to you, think about how you're searching and what you're doing and then just swap that out for photography and think, well, this is probably what other people are doing too. Hang on guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that this can't be that hard? Isn't the only podcast I host each month. My marketing director, Dana and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called the consistency club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join the Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to the Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Love it. Okay, perfect. That was exactly what I was wondering. Um, so my other question is when someone is starting out, let's say they've got an empty blog roll and they're like, I'm going to start filling it and they're doing some keyword research. Should they be writing down, you know, everything that's remotely related to what they offer and trying to do a blog post for each of those? Or is it better to pick two or three keyword phrases and then try and attack those few things from like every single angle and create a body of blog posts that are all kind of targeting the same keywords. So you want to have um, one keyword per page or per blog post. Um, so the way I tell people, I'm like, I'm a military family. So we kind of call, I call them like the little soldiers. Mm-hmm. And so each little soldier gets a keyword. And then each little soldier has a page, whether it's a blog post or a web page, and that, that they're assigned. And then their job is to go out and get me traffic for that keyword. So I don't want two soldiers targeting the same keyword. I okay. want them because now I want them to each have their own. So I'm sending out lots of them into the Google lands to go bring me people in traffic. Nice. So you want to have one per, um, what I always recommend too, is when people do keyword research is, uh, you want to figure out what are like the top five or six keywords and you want to assign those, um, to pages on your website. So your homepage gets that keyword that is, um, I I love shooting this type of session and this is the location I want to shoot it in. And that is your main thing. So if you hate weddings, don't make your homepage all about weddings and stuff like that. Make it whatever it is that you love to shoot. And then you can go out and you can have a wedding portfolio page. If you, if you're like, Oh no, I still want to shoot some weddings, just not as many as other things. Then you want to have that page have its own keyword. And then when it comes down to blog posts, I always recommend to my clients to do smaller locations. So target the bigger locations with the pages on your 
website Mm -hmm. and then target the smaller locations with um, blog posts and things like that. So if you live near a major city, there's usually half a dozen smaller cities that don't really get a lot of traffic. They may only get a couple searches a month, um, but you go, you can write a blog post to that. And then that, that brings, so then that little soldier's going out and getting that while the other guy's going and getting other stuff. That's great. I love, (laughs) I love this idea of your little army of uh, (laughs) SEO army. It's so good. Um, Okay. So let's go back to, um, to sort of the, the bigger uh, picture here. Um, So you've, you've got some keywords, like what do you blog about if you're, you know, if this old, I mean, we're doing location stuff, but does it need to be, is it, is it really just about answering questions or do you need to sort of add your personal stuff? How important is it for it to like showcase your personality versus just kind of giving people the answer to the question? Um, well, I think anytime you're answering like an FAQ or something, you're going to put your own spin on it because it's going to be uh, about your business and how you do things. That's not to say that you can't write posts that aren't going towards SEO. You mm-hmm. can, um, you can absolutely write posts like that. Um, the big thing is just to make sure you're not just, you're, you are writing posts for SEO and then you have other ones. But if you're only writing posts that don't have anything to do with SEO, then it's not really worth it. But you can absolutely write stuff that has more personal relationship stuff for you and things you want to share with clients that don't necessarily have to do with your business. You just don't have to SEO those up, um, but it can still have them get to know you a little bit. Excellent. Okay. So then let's go through kind of the anatomy of a blog post. Like you've written the content. Are there, I'm assuming probably calls to action that we want to make sure we've got on our blog posts or how do you, how do you kind of, how do you finish a blog post? Yeah. So you always want to have a call to action. Um, I encourage people to link to other places on their website. So if it's a, if you're covering you know, whatever your topic you're covering, you can link out to your portfolio page. You can link out to your products page. Like you want to keep people on your website as long as possible. You can link out at the bottom to another blog post that has something else to do with that topic. Um, or if it's a location, maybe you have another session that has a similar location that they could check out. You want to keep people on your stuff as long as possible um, because then that signals to Google that you've got good info and that people are hanging out here for a while. Nice. And do you have recommendations for like the length of a blog post or, you know, what what you need to be kind of the boxes you need to check off when you're creating that? Yeah, nobody's going to like this because the number has changed. It used to be 300 was kind of what was considered bare minimum. Mm -hmm. Um, Like anything below 300 words was considered like thin content by Google, which Google's like, ah, that doesn't have enough. We don't really we don't really recommend that. Um, if you're doing, if it's a, a large keyword that you're targeting that you want to get a lot of traffic for, you're probably looking at something like 2,000 words, most mm-hmm. likely. Um, I think the bare minimum now is starting to get in the five to 600 range. Um, but I mean, honestly, if you're writing a blog post on what to wear for fall family sessions, I know I keep going back to that one, but that's like one that if you write it right now, it will have time that by next year, you're going to bring in so much traffic from that kind of thing. But you can break that down into what to wear for mom, what to wear for dad, what to wear for kids, what to wear for baby. And before you know it, you're hitting 2000 words. Mm -hmm. I've had um, SEO clients tell me they're like, can I do more than 2000? I'm like, yes, absolutely. The longer, the better. As long as it's providing valuable content for your client, then keep going. If you start hitting a point where you're just throwing words in to make the word count, then now you've got you got to come back and, and really make it worthwhile to them. Right. So 
that begs the question that I'm sure people have, which is like, if they hate writing or if they, if it takes them forever to do, is this the sort of thing that you can outsource or partly outsource? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think as long as, I mean, even if you sit down and maybe you do one of the, like the voice to text type things. So if someone was asking that question and you just go ahead and, and say out whatever you would tell a client, you could probably outsource that to someone to just basically turn your words into text for a blog post kind of thing. Um, and you don't have to do these. We used to blog like every day or several times a week kind mm -hmm. of thing. You don't have to do that anymore. You want to show Google that you're still active and that your website is still getting updated. Um, so the biggest thing is consistency. Um, so don't write five blog posts now, publish them all next week and then disappear for six months. Right. Uh, what you want to do is if you write five blog posts next week, because you really are like, let's do this, schedule them out like once a month, mm -hmm. you know, and then that way you're consistent. Google's like, oh, yep, they're updating once a month. We've got this information here. Yeah. So I typically recommend to clients, um, the ones who super hate blogging, I'm like blog at least once a month. If you're okay blogging more than that, then I would recommend blogging once a week. If you want to skyrocket your rankings and bring yourself up in the rankings, you are talking like three times a week. Mm -hmm. And there are people that you can hire that to help out with blogging and stuff. Right. Um, moving down here to Miami, I ended up uh, working with a girl where she would blog two times a week for me and I blogged the third post. So she covered um, smaller stuff mm -hmm. and then I covered the big questions and that kind of thing. And so all of that will help bring you up in the rankings. Yeah. And, you know, for anybody considering having someone help them with blogging, Again, that doesn't have to mean that you lose your voice. Somebody else, it can, it can make the process a lot less daunting and a lot faster. If you have somebody create, you know, you give them an outline or a voice, like a voice text saying, this is what I want it to be on. Here are the three main points I want you to cover. And I want it to rank for this keyword. So then they create a blog post for you. And then you go and before you publish it, you go through and you like add a couple of sentences here and there or tell a story at the beginning of it. Like this can still be it can feel true to your brand and your voice and all that sort of stuff without taking you all the time that it would take if you were to do it yourself. Um, outsourcing writing is definitely not the cheapest thing to outsource, but at the same time, <laughs> the return on investment, you know, if you're, if you go from page 42 to page two of Google, you're going to make that money back very quickly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Once you get up there and you, you kind of get into it, um, at least for me, I like writing, so it's not as big of a deal, but I used to go back through when the, when I had someone blogging for me, I would go back through her stuff and I would adjust things or mm -hmm. add things. Um, and there would be stories that maybe I forgot to tell her about, you know, something that I wanted to throw in there. So sure. yeah, you can absolutely go through and make it sound like you, but at least this way, if you have someone else helping you, it gets that heavy lift done and then you're just fine tuning things. Right. If the blog is really about bringing people onto your website and not necessarily giving them something to go binge con that content once they find your website. Do you link your blog to the front of your, like, is that a, is that a tab on your website or do you feel like yeah. that can kind of exist off in the background? 
No, I have my, my blog linked and I have, I always recommend to people to have your latest blog post published to your homepage. Like it can be at the bottom of your homepage, but it's this really cool reciprocal relationship where your, your homepage tells Google, Hey, I've got some fresh content on it. You should come check it out. And then Google comes and it crawls your homepage because it does have this fresh content. And when it does that, it's going to crawl that blog post a lot sooner than it would if it was just only on your blog page. So it kind of, you know, so it's, it's doing that thing where now it's telling the homepage, Hey, you're updated. And then the homepage saying, Hey, I'm going to get you checked out too. while while Google's here. Right. Um, and so I always recommend for people to do that. Have your, have a couple of blog posts on your homepage and even have a couple like tip posts, like tips and tricks and stuff. So you could have things that, I mean, you can still feature sessions, just know that, you know, you're not going to get as much traffic from those types of things. So the tips and tricks ones tend to work better for clients on mm-hmm. stuff like that. But you may have a location that you want to show off. Right. And you could say, hey, check out this uh, this particular park. We just did this session here and talk about the park, you know, while you're still featuring just one set of client images. Or the fact that that family dressed themselves really well or the fact yes. that like it was a rainy day. And what do you do if it rains during your family photo shoot or whatever. I mean, toddlers acting up, like all those FAQs (laughs) can be woven into like, let me tell you about this. Um, Right. Exactly. Yeah. So good. Oh, I love it. So, um, okay. We're going to edit me forgetting what I was just about to ask out. (laughs) Um, do, do, do what, well, while I've got you here on this pause, what, how should we kind of wrap up? I feel like this has been really good. Um, I've got st- places to share and then I've got a freebie. It's awesome. a list. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So it's all said and done. You've completed your newest blog post. You hit publish and that is not the end of the, the line, right? Right. So that's the biggest thing with blogging is you can now take this one blog post and it is like evergreen content that you are going to sprinkle all over the place. So I have a freebie download that um, I'll share the link with Anami that you guys can download. It gives you a checklist, but I'll go through it right now. You want to go Facebook. I mean, I know we all kind of feel like, ah, Facebook is dead. I don't care. You're still going to share it on Facebook. Share it on your business page. Upload some of those photos to your business albums. Share it to your personal page because everywhere we're going to be dropping this link, Google's going to get a signal of like, oh, hey, this is being shared here. Um, Google My Business is huge. So it's kind of, um, it's not really like a social media site, but when you go and you search for things, you'll see Google My Business will pop up on the side. It's like that little um, kind of map pack type thing for Mm -hmm. businesses. Well, they have a section on there where you can share updates for your business and you can share photos for your business. So you want to go in there and I'll make it easy for you. You just use your post title and the meta description that you wrote that talked about what this blog post was about. Copy and paste that stick it on to Google My Business as an update with a photo from the from whatever the the post was about and then share some of those photos too into your Google My Business. Google likes it when Google My Business has been updated. Again, this also now tells Google, "Hey, there's a new post out. We should go check it out." Pinterest. You want to go out on Pinterest and actually um I have like a little pin it button in Chrome. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just go out to that blog post and I'll hit my pin it button and then I'll just grab all of the photos from there. And then I will pin them on Pinterest. And I have um, a board for my website. Um, I have a board for my blog. And then I have boards for other things. Um, obviously with Pinterest, it's big on like locations and what to wear and things like that and different um, poses and things. So I'll, I'll drop that post and those images into those things. So now it's on Pinterest and Pinterest drives huge amounts of traffic, especially with FAQ type posts. Like people are always searching for that kind of thing. Um, 
email newsletter, you know, grab that snippet of it and set it into your email newsletter and then have that click this button to read more. So if they want to read the rest of it, uh, for Instagram, I know Instagram is still pretty huge. You want to share it in your stories. You want to share it, you know, now you want to do a reel for Instagram and TikTok. And then if you can take one post and break it up into several Instagram posts, like you could go ahead and create like maybe four different posts and just take the information you've already written and copy and paste it over there. And I'm not saying paste your entire blog in one post, but I'm saying take one paragraph or something and two or three images and put that for one post and then another paragraph and two or three images. And now you could have five or six posts that are ready to go on that. Um, you know, if you're doing, I think a lot of people do TikTok and then they bring it over to Instagram for a reel. So if you want to do something along those lines, uh, Twitter, you can share the link on that. I'm not on Twitter, but I know people still use sure, it. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn is still really good too. If you can optimize your LinkedIn profile for whatever your genre of business is, and then you want to share it on LinkedIn, just like you would like Facebook or something like that as an update. Um, I covered your website homepage. And then the last thing would be a blog circle. So depending on some of the groups you're in, you could get together with three or four other people and you guys could create a blog circle where you link to them. They link to the next person. The next person links back to you and you leave comments on each other's blog. Um, I don't recommend doing the exact, like it takes a lot of coordination for these types of groups. So you want to get in on a good one because you don't want to constantly be linking to the same person and they're linking back to you, but it can be a good way of driving traffic from other areas. So now you have this one blog post that maybe you spent a long time writing, but now it's all over the place. Like it's given you fresh content on so many different platforms that are going to drive traffic back to you. Oh my goodness. I can almost hear people's heads exploding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what you have described here is basically, and if anybody, if you, you know, I had that one month marketing makeover and I talk about like, you know, going from big content down into little content and what you have just described is like a business plan for how to actually execute on that, which is amazing. (laughs) So like first comes the blog post and then the rest of it just kind of rains down from there. And, you know, a lot of people who are at the point where they're thinking about SEO and they're thinking like, I need to work on this. They actively want more inquiries. They want more potential clients coming their way. And so, you know, usually when you're in that space, you do have time in your business. And instead of filling that time with like scrolling Instagram and feeling jealous that other photographers (laughs) have work that you don't feel like you have, you know, this is the perfect kind of activity where you actually are accomplishing something really meaningful for your business. And the thing that I love about SEO more than creating reels or anything like that, these blog posts, again, I am still getting inquiries from people who are finding my website from a blog post I wrote 10 years ago. I mean, and I say a blog post, I mean, multiple blog posts, like they still are driving traffic to my business. Um, and so it really is valuable and yeah, what you're sharing here is amazing. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding, like you have, you moved completely (laughs) from one state to another and we're able to rebuild a business within a year based largely on SEO. Yeah. And the thing that I know for a lot of people, and for me, it was hard too to understand is when you're doing all of this, you're like, okay, well, if I'm pinning it on Pinterest, like, is that really going to get me a client? No, not necessarily from Pinterest, but what it does is it gets you traffic. Mm -hmm. The more traffic you get to your website, the more time people spend on your website, the more Google sees your website and says, this person's an authority in this area. So then when the keyword you're targeting for your homepage gets searched, Google's like, oh yeah, I got a girl that I'm going to send to you. I'm going to show because 
everybody else seems to love her website because they're always on it. And she has other topics that are related to this. Yeah. So it's this, again, this reciprocal relationship where it's going to raise up your homepage in the rankings because Google now sees you as an authority because of all this other traffic you're getting coming in for other keywords. Yeah. You are sowing the seeds and <laughs> give it a tiny bit of time and it starts to, starts to grow. That's amazing. Yeah. So, Melissa, share with everybody, do you happen to know the link uh, for the freebie off the top of your head? Obviously, I'm going to share it in the show notes. I do not. Okay. So <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Definitely yeah. grab her freebie. And then, Melissa, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. Um, so you can find me at melissarlinaphotography.com. Um, and you can just, there's a link up at the top, SEO for photographers. I offer one-on-one -on -one mentoring. I offer done-for-you services. Uh, I have a keywords course. Um so that it kind of, it's like my magic spreadsheet, I call it. And it walks you through how to figure out what keywords to target. Um, and then I'm working on like a little blogging toolkit type thing for photographers that is going to have a lot of this type of stuff. And then like checklists of like, yes, make sure you've checked off all these things when you're writing your blog posts. So that way you can get it found on Google. Amazing. This is great. Um, well, everybody, you've got your work cut out for you this week. This is, uh, this is amazing, practical, actionable advice, and it is the perfect kind of thing to kick off during sort of the slower months of your business. Um, get yourself into that habit, make it a priority in the things that you do in the back end of your business. It will be worth it. So good. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.